0: we're going to Belize. There's a very talented female author and photographer living in the deep jungle with her family as she follows their dream. Don't you love technology that can bring us together like this? One of her books is called Cannabis for Creatives How 32 Artists Enhance and Sustain Inspiration. And of course that's what led me to her. Let's meet Jordana Wright with a W and find out what they do for cannabis in the lowest population density of Central America, right after the intro. Welcome to Season 3 of the Cannabavarum Podcast, the Cannabis Truth Podcast. I speak the language of cannabis freely and uncensored while educating my audience on safe use of this live plant therapy. You should know what's in your cannabis, what's good and what's not. It does not come with an FDA stamp of approval yet. Using cannabis mindfully as a medication is a different concept in Western healthcare philosophy specifically from the past 100 years. There is a lot to learn and reconsider. The information you'll find here comes straight from scientists and clinicians doing the work and reporting their findings in real time through various live online outlets. The scientific truth of cannabis is finally getting out and is wide open for all to see in respected medical sites like PubMed.gov and JAMA, the Journal of American Medical Association. And I'm right there in the thick of it with all those titans of medicine as a fly on the wall because I'm not a doctor, nor did I get to go to med school. But I did take dozens of private cannabis courses and still engage in continuing education offered by those same cannabis expert scientists. And slowly, I began to see and understand the bigger picture. Now I talk to people all day long about cannabis and hopefully inspire them to research the facts as we know them today. Cannabis is an amazing alternative in health remedies. It can reportedly alleviate typical disease problems and troubling side effects, even those caused by synthetic prescriptions. This is Honey Smith Walls, a 21st century cannabis shaman. Not a doctor, not a scientist, raised by nuns and wolves in the verdant cattle pastures of the Oklahoma oil fields. I'm here to amplify the truth of this great big story in cannabis in historical, political, and scientific terms so you can make educated decisions about the medicine you choose to ingest. Hi, it's Honey. How are you?
1: I'm good. How are you doing?
0: I'm just fine. I'm not sure where you live anymore, Uh, Jordan. I was looking on your website and read something about you going through two nomadic decades exploring the United States before moving into the Cayo District of Belize where you live happily in the jungle with your husband and rescue pup holiday. Is that still true?
1: That is still true. Yeah, I live in Belize.
0: How wonderful that must be. Are, are you diving a lot down there? or so, I mean, isn't the diving incredible
1: there? So the diving is amazing. I am not a scuba diver yet, but I have ambitions to be. Um, I actually live on the other side of the country over basically in the like jungle section. So we have an acre and a half out here with, you know, palm trees and some old growth uh, false tambourine trees and all kinds of stuff like that. So we get tons of birds
0: and it's pretty, pretty wild. It sounds like a marvelous wild preserve. It is. Yeah. That's um, that sounds like a dream life to a lot of us back here.
1: Uh, yeah. You know, it was, it was the dream for a long time. And then when the pandemic hit in 2020 and my husband and I were, basically stuck in our small Chicago apartment, spending way too much to not get to enjoy the city of Chicago. We decided what the hell, you know, and we, we made the shift and it's been a
0: dream. Wow. Now it's a reality. It was a dream. Now it's a reality. Honey, that is congratulations. You survived the pandemic in an exquisite way. (laughs) Thank you. Honestly. Now that's what I call taking charge of your own destiny. Yeah, it kind of
1: feels like that. Yeah, it's, it's been pretty pretty sublime. You know, it takes getting used to to live outside of the United States when you've never done that before, and Belize has its own little quirks that take some adjustment, but I'd say we're definitely in the swing of things now.
0: The national language down there is English, but I'm sure they have some sort of patois or other many other tribal languages that they speak. Are you learning any of that?
1: So, yeah, the primary language is English, which is a holdover from when it was British Honduras um, until 1981. But there's a lot of Spanish that's spoken here. I'm working on my Spanish. I'm not fluent, but I hope to be in the not too distant future. Um, And then otherwise, there's a local Creole. And then there's also um, a Yucatec Mayan dialect.
0: Oh, my. Yeah. That must really be ancient. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. We live actually within um, about a mile of one of the larger Mayan ruins in the country, so we go there as much as we can and just explore and enjoy a little bit of history in our backyard.
0: Well, I bet the spirit that uh, still lives there is quite strong. It's
1: definitely an impressive place. It it mm-hmm. feels it feels sort of immense not just in physical size but in terms of you know what it represents and right and knowing how long something like that's been around is a very impressive thing especially as an american where we don't have that kind of you know
0: depth of history Yeah, yeah right and such a different philosophy of society uh the mayan as opposed to uh the first nation up here Gosh, you've just given me so many juicy things to think about already. <laughs> <laughs> How's the food? Are you the food's all fantastic. Kinds of new, new recipes while you're
1: there. So yeah, you know what's amazing is that in Belize, so much of our produce is actually from within the country. Um, I mm-hmm. think we're one of two countries in this part of the world that, like, the majority of our food is produced locally. So. Um, Everything is incredibly fresh. We eat a lot of plantains, a lot of fresh fruit, a lot of mangoes, which I am obsessed with. Um, So (laughs) it's the diet. I've definitely eliminated most processed foods from my life, which has really been wonderful.
0: Holy cow. What's in your cabinet? Do you have a, do you have a few canned goods and mostly everything else fresh?
1: Yeah, exactly. We have some canned goods in case, you know, we can't make it to the market. We try to go once a week um, Mm. to go get some fresh produce. But if you're, if you miss it, it's nice to have a can of beans and can of corn and that kind of stuff ready to go.
0: Yeah. Do you have medical services nearby?
1: Um, So yes, there, there is definitely medical service here. Um, There's public hospitals as well as private hospitals Um, I managed to find a doctor that I really like who has a lab attached to his um, practice and it is the fastest turnaround of wow. medical testing I've ever experienced in my life. Wow. I know, I know. It's like we don't know
0: about that up here.
1: Same, same day blood test results that cost Stop like it. $10. Stop US. it. It's not. Oh nuts. my gosh.
0: Well, that sounds lovely too. Maybe someday we'll get, you know, some sort of just healthcare up here. I don't know. I'm just wishing, you know. I know. Last time my husband and I were able to follow our dreams, we went sailing on a boat for five years out in the Caribbean Very and cool. just had a ball. I want to encourage you to learn how to scuba dive. It is an entirely different world of entertainment for your mind.
1: Yeah. One of my goals for scuba diving is that we actually have migratory whale sharks that come through in the open oh water. I know. And I would love to see them, but I feel like that as an experience would be overwhelming with a snorkel. So I think it would, it would be a lot better if you could just not worry about where your air is coming from.
0: What are they, 3,000-pound monsters in, in the water? I know they're They're huge. They're just huge. Uh, the cannabis scoop down there?
1: So it is decriminalized. You know, there are weight restrictions. I think it's like 7 grams at this point that you can have where, you know, you won't get into any trouble, um, which is nice. And, you know federally farther advanced than what it is in the United States right now. They are working on figuring out what the scope of cannabis is going to be in the country. I think they have designs for some farming and, and, you know, finding a way to add it to the economy because, you know, what, what tourist economy doesn't want to benefit from
0: the ability to have legal weed? It's in the works. Apparently our economy doesn't want that. There is that, yes. <laughs> I'm just saying yeah but, uh god we hope it's coming we think it it kind of kind of looks like this little tiny baby cog is trying to crank and grind and turn itself around in this industry and then yeah. on other days it feels like a freaking you know uh you're getting fire hosed by the industry and and it's a a freight train coming in, yeah. so that's what recreational uh, looks like. It's coming into the state of Florida pretty soon, and okay. it's going to come in. You know, I, I I hate to say with a vengeance, but it's it's been wanting to be here for some time. Yeah, but not by elderly medical marijuana patients who are still. Propagandized, <laughs> you know, by all of this, whatever this, you know, stuff is going on in in the healthcare region. I know. Uh, I think it's society.
1: hard. It's hard when you're of that generation, and so much of your life you've gotten that propaganda of the reefer yeah, madness,
0: and that's right.
1: You know, it's just a it's a different way of looking things, looking at things than the people in my generation, where you know. It's been a a part of our lives since college, at least. And it doesn't seem to be going anywhere.
0: So explain to my audience. And by the way, dear audience, this lovely lady is the author of a book called Cannabis for Creatives. How 32 artists enhance and sustain inspiration. And so I'm just thrilled I, I'm not even sure I've said your name, Jordana Wright, out loud. And you can find her at JordanaWright.com. And that's W-R-I-G-H-T. Um, and so I just, I'm tickled as I can be to find you. And and uh, the book that you've written, written is, um, oh, I'm just stuttering and stammering all over myself. <laughs> Why don't you talk about it for a minute?
1: okay so um yeah i wrote this book and it came from a place where um you know by trade i'm a photographer and a writer both very creative pursuits and for as long as i have been interested in various creative pursuits i've also been um, a cannabis consumer and obviously creativity starts really really young and i didn't i didn't start smoking when i was super young but I discovered it around high school, which is kind of the time I was coming into my own photographically and starting to figure out who I was and what kind of statements I wanted to make with art and that kind of thing. And because those two sides of my personality developed in tandem, I have always felt this intrinsic connection between the two. And Mm -hmm. so... You know, my social circle tended to be very similar. I went to school for theater and anthropology, so I was with a lot of, like, open-minded folks as well. Mm. And when you surround yourself with people who enjoy these sort of creative explorations, but also mind-altering substances, you start to wonder, is that just my own bubble or is that something that we're seeing in a larger scale in society? So I really wanted to explore that um, and broaden my horizons a little bit. And so I recruited a bunch of artists from a range of fields. I have chefs, I have writers, I have painters, I have sculptors. I mean, you name it, musicians. I talk to a lot of people and I ask them all about what their creative process is, how cannabis relates to that, um, you know, what what rituals they have while creating, what rituals they have while, while imbibing in cannabis, and how those things relate. And it was a really, really wow. interesting exploration.
0: Wow. Just the ritualistic part of cannabis is real serious and individual for every single part, person. It is. And, and it's your own special, unique way of setting up your ceremonial medication for Mm -hmm. you know for whatever feeling you're trying to obtain whether it's in wellness or creativity or whatever so go on I'm totally enthralled and I love oh and I I full confession, honey. I'm so sorry. I haven't had a chance to read your book from when I first discovered you until now, but I swear to you I'm going to <laughs> because that's okay it's just uh it 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 absolutely speaks to me as a person trying to understand the spirituality of cannabis, mm-hmm. And, and how all of those tools of spirituality can help us bring peace to our hearts and our minds. So when you're trying to create, boy, you've got to settle your, your inner shit down. Pardon my <laughs> French. But you do. Or you've got to excite it. Yeah, exactly. And so I really get that need for you know, a tool to help me be creative. So go on, tell us, who was your first? Who, who was your first that you interviewed about this? And what were your questions like? Friends, I've heard you complain long enough about how to find trustworthy and consistent over-the-counter CBD products, and I've taken a new position on the subject. I'm proud of my affiliation with Dr. Dustin Sulak. His Healer CBD products can be shipped to all 50 states. Healer products will give you a full-spectrum, whole-plant entourage effect of all the compounds that grow naturally in the cannabis plant. You'll have the best opportunity to manage your aches and pains or anxiety or spasming organs with a full-spectrum, whole plant product, because all the natural compounds will work perfectly together in synergy within your body to manage what's happening. You may recall that I've been taking the acidic version of his cannabidiol, or CBDA, product. It has everything plus a lot more of the compound which Dr. Sulak and other leaders in this industry have found to be more potent, Thereby using less, which ends up making a big difference to your wallet. But it also adds many benefits to your body. Find out more about Dr. Dustin Sulak's CBDA product and the value it can add to your life. Ship directly to your front door. Click on my sweet savings link below and start lifting your quality of life with Healer CBD Products today.
1: So the first person that I interviewed was actually an old friend that I knew from um, my food photography career because I've done quite a bit of food photography over the years. And his name is Chef Fed. Um, But now he is also a creative consultant. So he helps people figure out how to channel their creativity in ways that will benefit them professionally. um, Because, yeah, it's, it's really interesting. What he has found is that... And I agree with it in a lot of ways. So many aspects of society want us to crush our creative instincts. Um, you know, whether it's the educational system or the military complex, or you know, there's so many different aspects of society where thinking outside the box isn't necessarily considered a benefit. And so he deals with these clients who have what can almost be construed as painful levels of creativity that they're not allowed to use in their oh, day existence so he helps people find a way to channel that energy in a productive way so that they don't feel stifled and can you know move seamlessly through society and through their jobs without this this like sense of conflict so i spoke to him um i actually asked every single person i interviewed the same basic set of questions and mm-hmm. then um moved on from there and let the yeah. conversation kind of naturally grow sure yeah
0: um i get a, a very distinct picture of hitler's scientists when you talk about being you know impeded from <laughs> from from doing you know the the real work the truthful work and you have to do just the limited you know uh, scope of whatever it is you're required but um yeah finding there are so many people who need a creative outlet oh my goodness yeah their lives would be so much happier if they had a creative outlet I know so many old ladies and so many old men who just sit and putter and don't do a dang thing with their elder years you know except maybe watch a little um sitcom or two you know and and eat and and that's it and make phone calls to their their, their children and grandchildren, their lives are just, they could be so more enriched if they had a, a creative juice flowing through them.
1: Yeah. I think that, that a lot of, you know, how we're expected to move through the world these days is to consume things. We consume media, we watch television, we absorb other people's analysis of what's going on in the world, but we all have that ability and that need to create things on our own. And I think, in many ways, society has moved away from that, but there's definitely a way to recapture it. And I think that cannabis is something that brings that impulse back to the forefront.
0: I think it also has um, made the youthful generation stand up in truth about the plant. Even in a recreational way, they're standing up for the truth of this plant. And, and then the medical um, part became alive again as well. And so, oh gosh, I lost my train of thought. I'm, um, I'm wondering who, did you find any, uh, one genre of career more impacted by cannabis than others for, you know, either health or creativity?
1: Not necessarily. You know, I Mm -hmm. think one of the important things to remember also is that when you're talking to a creative spirit, they're not usually just in one niche of creativity, right? Oh, no. You know what I mean? Like, we are are multilingual in in the way that we create things. So I'm a photographer, but I also enjoy, you know, crafting, sewing, painting, cooking. And so... I think most of the people I spoke to don't have just one pursuit. Maybe there's one that they use as their bread and butter. Maybe they're specifically making money as a musician or as a painter or as a chef, uh-huh. but they have other things that, that also stimulate them and enrich, enrich them.
0: Indeed. Yeah. Indeed. What, what do you see uh, uh, in the way of cannabis in Belize coming into um, its own. Is there a medical faction down there or is it just um, uh, totally recreational? Like up in Canada, I'm sorry, let me interrupt for just a second. Up in Canada, they've got three, three different levels. They've got medical, they've got recreational, and then they've got their indigenous nation, their first nation who is a distributor of Um, uh, cannabis and uh, most medical people I was told recently are going to the indigenous nation because they're, they're giving more handholding and help with use for medical care than, Mm -hmm. uh, than what they're finding. Yeah. That's what I thought too. So, um, so I'm just curious, you know, if you see any kinds of structural uh, skeleton happening in cannabis there?
1: So it's still very much in its infancy. And it's Mm -hmm. one of those things where I think they're, they're figuring out how, how to drive as they're building the car. Um, So, you know, there's no, there's no real direction to it yet. And there has been quite a lot of pushback from the religious communities here. So, you know, they're trying to figure out what shape it can take without you know, offending anyone, but also finding a way to benefit people.
0: Yeah. Isn't it amazing that all of the uh, religions have forgotten that every single one of them have used cannabis in their rights? Every single major religion around the world has used cannabis in their formal rights. And yet the religious pushback, you know, because of the propaganda has been overwhelming.
1: Yeah, it'll take time. I think, you Mm -hmm. know, it's just one of those things where as people start to see what the benefits are, both economically, because, I mean, what country couldn't use some extra money for infrastructure and things like that, but economically and then also just medically and and emotionally to the community, I think they'll start to see it and maybe they'll come around. They're actually planning on doing um, a vote, a referendum vote, to see, you know, because the church has pushed back so much. So I'm not sure, you know, when that's going to actually come through or what's going to happen. But it seems like, for the most part, it's moving forward. They're just trying to figure out what the shape is going to be.
0: Yeah, so the church is pushing back. Do you
1: mean the Catholic church? Is it Catholic down there? It's, you know, there's a few different churches. Um, there's there's some Catholicism, but that's not the primary um, oh, yeah.
0: I'm I'm glad to hear that because I was a little confused. Usually, Catholics don't mind about this. Yeah,
1: so. yeah. There's,
0: uh, there's. I
1: mean, I think it's just. I'm trying to figure out how to say it. Like, there's just a. Mm, trying, I can't find the words. Basically, I think it's just like a moral, you know, there's an attitude. Of, yeah. Yeah. There's a sense of morality that's been sure. ascribed to it.
0: Yeah. It's a propagandized uh, morality yeah. issue. Right. I, I get it. I'm sorry. Well, but, you know, we're living through a lot of that still up here, too. So, yeah, um, you know, religion has its um, has its bigotries and and um, corruption, too. So that's and that's the thing uh, that oh I think I started to say a while ago that I'm I'm so tickled to see the younger generation coming up in a, an attitude of truth and shining lights on corruption and uh, standing tall for the society that they want to have in a gentler way. So you know I, I feel like the younger generation is resisting the fascism that seems to be coming on in our society right now uh and i feel like a lot of that is because they understand the corruption that's been put upon them over the plant Mm -hmm. and so when they began realizing about that corruption of the plant they began getting involved politically and standing in truth And so, you know, it gives me hope for our future, that our youth are standing in political truth and and speaking up. Sure. Well,
1: you know, it's one of those things where we each have to kind of discover on our own that you've been told as a child through, you know, the D.A.R.E. program, Drug Abuse Resistance Education, you're told that, you know, all drugs are the same and that, you know, if you use drugs, you're going to become some sort of miscreant and you're not going to have a good place in society and you're going to be problematic. And then we experiment with pot in high school and realize, well, they've been lying to us. So if they're lying to us about this, what else are they lying to us about?
0: There it is. I can't tell you how much I appreciate spending some time with you to talk about your book. And it's not the only book you've done.
1: So, yeah, the first book I wrote is called The Enthusiast's Guide to Travel Photography. And that is an educational photography guide for you know, photographers of really all experience levels who are trying to find ways to capture the experiences they have as they travel, because you know it's easy to get overwhelmed when you visit a new place and not know where to begin to to take quality photographs and really capture what is happening as you experience it. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I kind of break it down in terms of different topics. You know, how do you photograph and? urban environment or a woods location or the seashore or street photography or food photography, you know, all of the
0: different things you'll encounter as you travel. Your website is stunning. Let me just Thank say you. it again so the audience can go to it at their leisure. It's jordanawright.com, J-O-R-D-A-N-A, wrigh I'll have it in my show notes but it is breathtaking photography when you open up uh, her site truly exquisite okay. you just want to stay there and, and, and let it s- scroll through all these exquisite places that you've been oh I see one that looks like Belize oh yeah there's a lot of Belize photography in there Ooh, so wonderful. Well, honey, I can't thank you enough for spending a little time with my audience and helping them understand what it's like to be a woman in charge of her own fate, of her own dreams, of her own autonomy. I'm... So impressed that you had these creative ideas to interview other creative people about cannabis and how they use it to maintain their creativity and to help me explain to our audience that normalizing this lovely plant that can help so many people both uh, in uh, spirit and in body can change the world. I, I'm, I'm proud of you and you're an inspiration to women. Well, thank you. You are, honey. I hope you'll come back and uh, visit with us the next book that you write or anytime you, you want to chat with us. Absolutely. That sounds great. Thank you so much, honey. And we'll see you again real soon then. We'll be looking for you and everybody be sure and check out our website. Okay. Thank All you. Right. Uh-huh. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye. Hey, my friends, I want to give you a tip about a neurologist I know and trust. Dr. Anthony Mazzo is a highly rated specialist here in Melbourne, Florida, one of the first physicians to research and study cannabis since 2016 when it was legalized in Florida. Well, now, Dr. Mazzo is not quick to prescribe traditional synthetic chemicals when he knows that this gentle live plant therapy will likely give needed relief. Now, I know this to be true because I had to see him for my own old lady neuropathy issues. You see, he's a neurologist. And he didn't prescribe the usual stuff. He told me to go get a particular kind of cannabis instead and use it in a very specific way to find relief. And that is what every doctor in America should have in their little black bag. His clinic details will be in my show notes for you. Why? Because he's a trusted cannabis expert in the field of neurology right here in Melbourne, Florida. Dr. Anthony Mazo at the Brevard Neuro Center on NASA Boulevard. See his details in my show notes. You've been listening to another Cannabiverum podcast with 21st century cannabis shaman Honey Smith Walls, that's me, about the importance of using verifiably safe products. The process of getting a diagnosis from your family doctor and taking your records to a cannabis specialist can lead you to the correct cannabinoid therapy for those issues. Otherwise, you're just your own guinea pig looking for answers without any foundational knowledge or ability to determine the best choices or strategies. To find a qualified cannabis expert to help you in your area, visit CannabisClinicians.org. It is a national society of cannabis experts, and you'll see their link down in my show notes. Unless otherwise proven by a reputable third-party lab test, please regard all street weed as contaminated. It may do grave harm to a patient with a delicate immune system who already has inflammatory issues like arthritis, IBS, fibromyalgia, or worse. Thanks so much for listening today. I hope you found value and understanding through my podcast. I have many more thoughts upon the subject that go into a more spiritual direction. So in that vein, please join my brand new live stage on Clubhouse every Sunday morning at 8 a.m. Eastern. Look for Cannabis Church with Cannabis Verum. It's the spiritual version of my weekly podcast, which usually covers all things in the cannabis industry. But we're live on Clubhouse, so you can ask questions and inspire others with your own stories, or just be a fly on the wall. Get there for live conversation with my learned friends. And if you miss, you can catch replays at a convenient time. Cannabis Church with Verum, Clubhouse, Sundays at 8 a.m. Eastern.